Welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. The winners are the, the people with the most stories. One of the great things about traveling is the people that you meet. I've slept in bus stations, like yeah. I've slept on people's floors. And it's already on fire, and then there's just a gigantic, huge explosion, like out of a Hollywood movie. It's not right or wrong, it's just different. We hired like 10 Chinese prostitutes to come be our audience. We were kidnapped by nuns in Puerto Rico. <laughs> not a good idea to be high when you're packing. You forget a lot of stuff. I got swine flu. By the time you've lived through it, it's just a good story. Hello and welcome to the Travel Tales Podcast. I'm your host, Mike Siegel. Thanks for listening. My guest today is Ashley Colburn. Before we get to Ashley, here are some announcements. Go to our website, it's TravelTalesPodcast.com. You can read some articles that I've written, some that the guests have written. You can see links to all the guests' social media. You can see their photos. You can see links to our social media. And by that, I mean, of course, Instagram, Travel Tales Podcast on Instagram, Travel Tales Pod on Twitter. There's links to our Facebook page. I have a YouTube channel, the Travel Tales Podcast. Find that and follow, subscribe, do what you got to do. There are also links to iTunes and Stitcher Radio where you can subscribe for free. Please give us a good rating there. That boosts our presence and helps more people find the show. So if you can do that, I'd appreciate it. Also, if you want to write me, say you uh, want to do the show. Maybe you know somebody who would be great for the show. You can write me at TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. That's TravelTalesPodcast at gmail.com. Okay, so it's been five years since Ashley Colburn has been on the show. And I think she's a great inspiration for people who want to be travel hosts on television. As someone who's been around the business for a long time and hosted a lot of television shows and seeing where the business has gone, I always find it interesting to see how many uh, younger travel writers and bloggers all say they would love to host their own travel show on television. Still, you know, I guess TV is considered an old medium now, but still they want to host a travel show, and of course, inspired by people like Anthony Bourdain or Rick Steves or whatever. Even though fewer and fewer people are buying cable television or watching it, people still want to do it. Heck, I still want to do it. But when people ask me how to do it, how do you uh, get on a TV show? Should I move to LA? Should I do all this? I use today's guest, Ashley Colburn, as kind of a, a guide for them to look at and go, look, here's someone who just went out and did it. She shot her own TV show. She made the show that she wanted to make and then went and sold it. And that's what you got to do now. Don't come to LA and hope to get an audition and hope that someone gives you a travel show to host. Go out and make the show. There's the technology. It's there. You know how to do it. You can make something look really, really good. Go out and just do it. No one's going to make the show that you want to host exactly the way you want to host it. So you might as well shoot it yourself and then go out and try to sell that. Nobody believes you can do something until you show it and go, here, this is it. That's the business now. And Ashley went out and did it. She created her own television shows. She went and sold them. She started her own production company and makes travel videos around the world. And since we last spoke five years ago, she is now a resident of Croatia, at least, you know, good chunk of the year. She bought a place in Istria, beautiful area of Croatia. She's hosted and produced uh, TV series in Asia and in other countries all throughout Europe, and she's doing it. So I've always been impressed with what she's been able to accomplish and what she's put together for herself and the career she's made. So others should find that inspiring as well. So all you budding travel hosts out there, listen up. 
She's from the San Diego area, and I managed to catch her as she was coming back through L.A. She had a couple meetings here, and she flew back all the way from uh, Croatia to L.A., and she needed a place to stay for the night, and uh, I let her crash at my place uh, on the one condition, and that is that we record a podcast. So that's what we did. That's how I charge people now. Make them record a podcast. So before she took off for her meetings in the morning, we sat down with some coffee and had a chance to catch up. It's always great to see Ashley and talk with her. And if you want to see any of her work, you can go to our website at TravelTalesPodcast.com and see links to all her sites where you can see her videos. If you have uh, travel questions about Croatia, she has guides for that. And we talk about that at the end. But you can find links to all her stuff on our site. So please enjoy my conversation with the hardest working gal in show business, Ashley Colburn. Ashley Colburn, welcome. Welcome back. It's been five years. Thank you. Can you Glad believe it's be been back. five years? No, time flies. Now you're visiting from Croatia. Yes, back home. I guess they're both home now. Uh, <laughs> yes, you're a new, you're a homeowner. I am. How hard was that to do, to buy a home as a foreigner in Croatia? Well, it's much easier than in California. <laughs> uh, as in affordable? Very affordable. Okay. Uh, so how it works is... I found a place online that I liked, and I went out there, had a realtor take me around, show me a few other places. I actually stayed in the place when I was there because no one was living there just to see if I liked it and the area and the village it was in. And then I decided I was going to buy it. And in Croatia, it's kind of the best time to buy in the winter time because tourism is thriving in the summer, and then people kind of need the money in winter. So if they are selling something, you're more likely to get a little bit of a better deal. And yeah, so I went out, had a lawyer and the realtor. The owner flew in. He was from Ireland, or is from Ireland. And we literally went to a cafe, signed the papers, went to get them notarized, walked over to the bank. I had already transferred the money, did the bank transfer right there. And it was mine. I mean, it still has to go through the court system and the name had to be changed over and everything. But literally, in one day, I owned it. So there was no escrow or anything like that. (laughs) I'm trying to imagine what a a Croatian, like, is it one of those old stone? Yeah, so my the building where I live is, it was redone in 2008, but it's 400 years old. 400. So we actually have the pictures of more ruins, what it looked like before the guy came in and wanted to invest in the property and then redid it all. So you so. don't have like an outhouse. No, no. <laughs> Everything's fully functioning. <laughs> I do live a more simple life there, yeah. but it's really great. Because you're not in like Zagreb. You're not in the major city. No, I'm literally in a village of 800 people. Oh my gosh. So it's... I mean, this sounds funny, but it's kind of like Beauty and the Beast. There's the butcher, the baker, candlestick maker. But it's really that feeling. It's charming. Uh, Old men sit outside and peel potatoes, you know, with their shirts (laughs) off. Uh, Everyone says it's actually bilingual, as in the first language there is Italian. Really? In Croatian, because Istria Istria is the region. Yeah, and it was once ruled by Venice. And... A lot of the older people settled and stayed in this village, and they were always speaking Italian. So in the household, you'll hear Italian. But of course, I mean, 
I understand some Italian, but since I'm learning Croatian, everyone will speak Croatian to me. But you do hear it. So it's ciao, ciao, ciao to everyone all day long. So it's the opposite. It's not like most of Croatia, if they know a second language, it's English usually. Yeah. So there's no English around town. I would say the younger people speak English, but the older ones definitely not. Wow. And and so then, obviously, they know three languages, at least. I mean, and then they all know German, too. I mean, you know how <laughs> <Yeah>. Europe is. <laughs> right, you right. can drive a few hours, and so it makes you feel kind of <laughs> right. stupid while everyone's <laughs> like, oh, which language are, would we, do you like to speak today? Uh, just the one. Yeah. I'm an American. <laughs> uh, do, um, so you're pretty far off the tourist trail? Well, people will come to the village to eat. Uh, there's really certain... good restaurants and there's a really cute uh, boutique hotel there as well. So it's also on a bike path where you can bike from hilltop town to hilltop town. And those are that's actually my favorite part of Croatia where you can it's all surrounded with vineyards and olive oil trees and um I don't know. The gastronomy there is is really the best in all of Croatia, I think. And then the land is has four different types of soil, so they're grape varieties. They have it, you know, four different ways. And <laughs> I mean, they're very proud of of the their food and wine. And then also, it's one of three places in the world where you can find truffles. So oh, you wow. can go hunting with the dogs, and that's actually kind of a touristy thing to do. But it's not like Dalmatia, which is the southern coast of Croatia, where it's just full of people all the time. Here, you have to have a car. So you're, you're not having that backpacker crowd. You're actually having people driving from Slovenia, Germany, uh, Italy, and they're coming to spend, or they own a second property there as well. And it's, it's still on the sea. So in my mind, we have it all. Oh, you are on the sea. I yeah, thought you I were mean, more inland. I'm, I can see, walk out of my place and see the sea. So it's about a five-minute drive or a 10-minute bike ride. Okay. Yeah. When did you first find this little village? So we haven't given I the name of the it, village. I'm I'm letting you keep your privacy. Oh. <laughs> just so you don't so, give it away. Okay. Uh, you all will come find me. Yeah. Uh two and a half years ago I bought the place. Okay. So and it's funny, I always do refer to it as my village. Like <laughs> I'll come home and they'll be like, Well, in my village, and my friends are like, Why are you calling it your village? But people in Croatia always say, Oh, they always refer to where they're from, like maybe they live in Zagreb, but they say in my in my village or in my town or something where they're from. So I kind of picked up on that. What do they think of this uh, crazy American girl buying a, a, first of all, a loan, a single American girl buying in their little village? Well, I did know some people in the village beforehand, and so that was nice because at least I knew if I had a question or something, I could go to them. But they think it's funny. I mean, usually they see me taking my suitcase out of my car because I'm always going somewhere. And they'll, they'll be like, how many days are you here? Because many times it's just three, four days. And then I'm off somewhere else to film something in Croatia or to go on another trip. So they're always like, oh, how long are you here? But it's how many days, you know, because <laughs> right. it's never really that long in between. But um, I think they love it. Like now I've actually done some promotion for the town. At first I was kind of just trying to live there and not really you know, have it just be my home. But now that I've done some promotion for it, I'll get some people that'll say like, oh, we, we you're the one who did the video or, yeah. you know. So everyone definitely knows like, oh, there's that's the American. Actually, I had a guy, a professor from a university here in the States rent my place for a whole month. And then I was sitting having coffee in the square and he comes up to me and says, 
uh, Ashley? And I said, yeah. And he goes, oh, I'm, you know, Joe. And he goes, I, uh, I rented your place. And I said, oh, yeah, yeah. He goes, I'm back. I want to move here. <laughs> so now there's another American that's, he's just renting a place for three months right now, but he's, you know. He's looking for a he's place. He's really looking to buy a place. He fell in love with it, so. Oh, that's great. I, hopefully I don't bring yeah. all of America there. Then you give they me the one. like, okay, you get out. It. You <laughs> yeah. ruined the town. No, but it's it's a sweet, It's I like it because it really has life. People are still living there. So when it comes to tourism, like I said, you can still go and like support the restaurants and some wineries in the surrounding areas, but it's like a normal life you can have there. Did they recognize you from your other shows that you did? Like yeah. the people where you're, because you're kind of famous in Croatia. I've been there with you. <laughs> people know you. Well, uh, so yeah, a lot of the people say that they have watched them or or now they'll follow me on social media. So they'll say something like, oh, I, I was just filming in Asia not that long ago. So it was, oh, yeah. I, they said, oh, where have you been? And I said, oh, I was here. Oh, yeah, we're following you. We're following you. So all the people in the village kind of know where I'm going as well. So that's kind of funny. <laughs> or we see you're coming home or, you know. Oh, they're following you. You're yeah. following your exploits. Yeah. I saw you went, uh, you did some olive oil or uh, olive picking, right? Uh, well, the harvest, the harvest, olive harvest. Uh, grapes, wine. Oh, it was grapes. Just a few days ago, yeah. So Sauvignon was ready to be harvested in the region right outside of Zagreb. And it was quite the experience. I filmed... Um, Basically, I'm doing this new thing where I'm filming short clips on very traditional things to do in Croatia. And one of them, of course, is harvesting the wine. And so, yeah, I was out picking. Am I correct in saying that I, like me personally, I thought the the whites were better than the reds, but I'm more of a white person anyway? I think they're known for it's more hard than whites, right? Yeah, I mean, in continental Croatia, I would say the whites are more, but then down south in the Pelješac Peninsula, it's like kind of near Dubrovnik. Uh, they are all about Plavac Mali down there, which is a red wine. So many people will say, oh, the red, the red, the red. But I would say the rest of Croatia would maybe say they specialize more in their whites. But again, in in Istria, where I live, uh, the red is the Tehran, and it's really earthy. Like, it's really, I like to call it a bold wine, and I really like it. Like, you really <laughs> taste the earth in it. I mean, but some people wouldn't. It's more like, I don't know, it's kind of like a Zinfandel, I guess. Okay. Because it's really strong. But, yeah, I mean, you can find both. But for summertime... Whites are refreshing, and most people are drinking that, especially during the day. So the harvest, how hard was it? What did they make you do? Did you get so, did you just stomp around in the vat? No, with, oh, they're, they're more cool. advanced, so oh. I didn't have to smash them with my feet. But, Old um, school. But yeah, I just, so you, you have the little clippers, and you fill up your basket, and then the tractor goes through, and then you load all the baskets on the tractor, and it within, I think they said within like 50 minutes of the grapes being picked, they're already pressed. So it's quite the process. And they, I mean, Croatia, it's hard to find Croatian wines here in America. I mean, there are some, a lot of distributors out of New York can have them, but it's because they're really small productions. I mean, the quality is really good and they really are proud of, you know, no pesticides, everything's done by hand. Um, and I would say it's quite advanced. When you go to some of these wineries, I mean, it's it's top quality, but it's just harder for us to to 
to get it here, unfortunately, but they're very proud of it. And everyone somehow has a relative or a family member who makes wine. So there's never a shortage of wine. No. Actually, in the village, the wine um, is cheaper than water. Oh, I love like, that about During Europe. the World Cup. <laughs> I love that I was, <laughs> I was watching with all the villagers. I was the only girl there, you know, at this bar. Of and, <laughs> and I was sitting there watching and I was like, oh, I'll have a glass of red wine. It was six kuna. That's like less than a dollar. <laughs> I was like, oh, uh, I love Europe. Are you sure about this? I mean, <laughs> oh, it's, oh, that must have, tell me about being there during the World Cup and the mm. run that they had. They, they went to the final game. That's amazing. It was literally the best month ever. I mean, is everything just shut down when the games are gone? Basically, I mean, Croatians in general are very proud people, like to be Croat. And I mean, as you know, they're so welcoming and want everyone to always have a good time and they're just proud i mean their history they've been through a lot um and i think that this really put croatia on the map because someone told me a statistic and i don't know the numbers exactly but it's like okay so here in the u.s we watch you know the super bowl well like a billion people watch the world cup yeah so it's just it's the world it's super bowl. really yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's it really is great because now people will always somehow kind of associate Croatia with soccer, football. Football. <laughs> uh, That's and, okay. You can, we know what you mean. Yeah. And the par- I mean, the streets, even, even when we lost the finals. I mean, well, first of all, anyone who watched that game knows that we should have won. Oh, I mean, okay. it was definitely... I don't... Okay. Well... I would, a little say, biased, though. I would say we played, and I am a former soccer player as well, but I would say as far as a team, I mean, we definitely had possession of the ball more. We just weren't. You got to we, finish. You yeah, got to close. We couldn't finish it up. But I think if you really watch the team, like they were a better, t- I mean, that's what got them through. I mean, they actually they played out, as a team. They outworked everyone. Yeah. And they weren't trying to have, you know, like be like Neymar or something yeah. and be like, have some show off. It was like they really played and worked as a team. So um, as they say, we might have lost, but we won the world's hearts. Of course. <laughs> well, it's funny because you say that, well, it really put Croatia on the map, but in the in the seven years, I think it's about seven eight years since I first went there. Mm-hmm. the The amount of people that know about Croatia now as a tourist destination, yeah, it's it's been found out. I mean, a friend of mine just went there to Istria, in fact, uh-huh. last month, and this is a guy who's never been. I mean, he's, he's, I think he's only been to Italy and stuff around. Oh wow! Here. And he ended up going there, so I was like, well, if he's going there, <laughs> I yeah. think it's been found out. I mean, it's, but it's funny. It's a lot of tourism there, it, definitely. And there are, especially the, these summer months, you know, June, July, August. There's more and more in all of Europe, but I don't really hear Americans on the street that much. I mean, I can spot them out. Well, Dubrovnik, you're gonna yes, but they're all coming on the cruise ships and such. But I, but I mean, it's kind of rare that I'm in like a national park, and I, I mean, maybe believe it's a lakes. You, you know, they all. I went there with you, and it was packed, and that was August too. So packed, yeah, yeah. So I don't know. I mean, I would never tell someone to go during the summer. I mean, I get it that, and maybe this is just some American mentality, but I don't care if, you know. The bars are full and like some of (laughs) these places are like party destinations. So people will say, oh, like, let's go and be on Hoar. Well, I mean, no. I mean, for me, it's you will have a real I don't want to have to try to find a table to sit outside. 
in it, these months, it, it is quite crowded when the best months for me are like May, June, and then because even September. beginning of June September. and then September is yeah. good. And even October, because October, you can still have really, really sunny days. And maybe the sea is a bit cold to swim in. But again, there's more to do to also than just swim. Well, I was in Logine last year. Uh-huh. It was the first week of October. Um, and it was beautiful. Yeah. Um, the weather was beautiful. The water was still swimmable. Yeah. I loved it. Yeah. It was starting to get a little, the water was starting to get a little cooler, but the air was oh, such, yeah. so nice. Yeah, no, I love Lachine. I was there so when nice. they, that was there the week they qualified for the World Cup. Oh, okay. And people forget this, that they barely qualified. Mm-hmm. They had to go to the last day to qualify. I think they were playing Greece, maybe. Imagine. But we walked into this, <laughs> me and another uh, travel writer, he went in. I said, I'm gonna, I, I was going to leave the hotel to go watch this game. And so he came with me, and we had time to see maybe the, the second half. So we were trying to walk to the village. But on our way, we had to go through this dark woods, and there's this little hut. And these, like, eight guys sitting in this. It looked like somebody's garage. Yeah. I mean, it was a bar, but it, there was no decoration of uh-huh. nothing. Just a bar and eight old dudes watching TV. And we walk in there, and everything stopped, you know, and the game's going on. And we ordered a couple of beers, and the, like five minutes after we got in there, they scored. Oh, and then gosh. they scored again, and then uh, they ended up winning the game, and then that's when they qualified for the World Cup. And the that's and crazy. the bartender said, "You got to come back. Yeah. You are a good luck charm." Uh, so I should have I should have come back for the World Cup. Yeah, but I was stuck on a ship, not seeing any of it. But I did uh, see the Croatia England game. They couldn't air it on the ship. No. We could, well, some ships would have it. I guess it was really expensive to get it oh, because man. they have a limited amount of TV. Yeah. Like they'll get the Super Bowl. They catered all the American people. Right. right. So the captain was like, well, you know, the Americans don't care about it. It's like, what? It's the biggest thing in the world. And it's once I every four years. I think uh, you can at least give it. And I was on board with an Argentinian band. Oh, oh they were dying. These four guys were like, what do you mean we can't see the world? Uh, they were, yeah. We were trying to pirate it. Yeah, you know, I'm sure. On these slow websites, it was awful. It was oh, awful. Oh man! So in the let's let's backtrack to the last five years. Okay. In the in the nutshell, so when you were here last, yeah, you had just you were you shot a, a series mm-hmm. of your own for people. Well, we should tell them that you have your own production company. Yes, and you shoot travel. Mm-hmm. Stuff. Documentaries, yeah. Documentaries. And you had, what was your first Croatian show called? So I had Wonders of Croatia, which was seven one-hour episodes of seven different regions. And that's what really put you on the map in Croatia, right? Well, no, because the first, the reason, uh, yeah, I mean, everyone watched those shows, so that was a big help. But what put me on the map in Croatia was when I won the Emmy, Wow Croatia, in 2010. Wow, Croatia. So, yeah. So, wow, Croatia. And that's still, like, even when I'm on the street, I mean, because people, that was such big news that they'll call even this uh, new series that I had, Wonders of Croatia. They'll be like, yeah, I watch your wow, Croatia, which I know what they mean. I mean, (laughs) they really mean the other one. But, okay, whatever. It doesn't matter. So, I'm thinking, well, which one did you watch? Because there's a lot. But, uh, yeah, so I did... Wonders of Croatia, and then I went to Wonders of Slovenia, then Wonders of Latvia, then Wonders of Switzerland. And then the past two years, or, well, 2017, a little bit of 2018, I did Wonders of Asia. Wow. So, 
wonders. Asia's a little, Asia's a little general. That covers a, a lot. Yeah. Yeah. Where so in that in aspect, Asia? it was one country, one show. Okay. Hong Kong, Singapore, Philippines, China. Uh, whereas The Wonders of Croatia was seven episodes. Wonders of Slovenia was three. So my library now, I think, is like over 20 one-hour episodes. That's amazing. So, And you yeah. just shot your first one speaking Croatian, didn't you? Yeah, so I did. Um, I have this new show in, in Croatia on Croatian TV. And also I did something for a big advertising agency in Croatia where I actually had to speak Croatian. So <laughs> yeah, I'm sure people are watching it like, who is this girl? Her name is Ashley, which yeah. is very un-Croatian. And, uh, and then, yeah, I mean, okay, I can speak it, but it's not like it's, I'm definitely making mistakes. The grammar is very, very difficult. So but I think they think it's cute that I'm trying because I'm always like, Are you sure you don't want me to speak English? I mean, everybody here understands English, but okay. It's a whole new, ex- it's a learning experience, definitely. Do you ever do any of these with a uh, co-host? Um, so the one with the advertising agency, there was two other hosts and they're both Croatian. So imagine I was really kind of yeah. <laughs> the odd man out. Like, but that's fine. I can't can joke be... with them really right. too much because I wouldn't say my Croatian is good enough to be joking, but it's, at least it was nice to work off of each other a little bit, you know? Have you had any big language mistakes where you like uh, either on camera or off camera? Well, where this just... is really funny. So... <laughs> Well, I don't think it's inappropriate, but um, it's just a funny thing. So uh, now I'm actually going to get it confused because sometimes I don't even want to say the word because I don't know. Okay, so Shipok and Shupok, those are like very similar. Shipok or Shupok. One means means pomegranate and one means butthole. (laughs) So like you really need to be careful how you word it. And I just don't like to say that. I'll be like uh, pomegranate. Like I'll just because I don't. Like, what do you want? I'd like to like order you, the uh, not butthole fruit. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but I, I made that mistake one time and, oh, everyone laughed. And I was like, oh, gosh, no, I need to just not say this. <laughs> so I, I get a lot of uh, bloggers and uh, people who want to host travel shows and all that stuff here. Mm-hmm. When they see what you're basically they want to do what you're doing. What's your advice do you give? Because you do classes and stuff, right? With uh-huh. college kids and stuff. What what advice do you give people who are like maybe coming out of school and to want to do what you do? Well, I definitely don't think that I would say I did something the right way or there was this way to do it or that way. I mean, I definitely took a lot of risks and I just decided if I want to do it, I'm just going to do it. I mean, that's the same way with any time I have a show idea. I just commit to doing it and then, okay, if it works, usually it always works out, thank God. But um, I mean, nothing's going to be handed to you. And of course, if you want the dream job, like you kind of have to just make it and I mean, find your niche, obviously. I mean, I do always tell people, well, if it's what I do, then you, I don't want to, not you can't do it, but you should find something that is works for you or what's your interest I mean people often ask me well what's your thing though like what what's your hook in the show you know I'm not a chef I'm not a what's your brand yeah yeah what's your brand I hate that question I do too oh and I my my response is always like well watch the show and you'll see I mean I will say but you can because for me to say well it's really the connection that I have with the people (laughs) I mean but it is because it's something where I think people feel uh, 
like comforted to like really tell me things and really be normal and, you know, show their personality, which that is really seen on camera. And and I've had that's what people tell me the most. Like, I just love how you connect. And then you went and you learned and then you jumped on the donkey. And then the guy was giving you a ride <laughs> in town. And, you know, all these moments like these, those magical moments where I watch and I'm like, oh, that that was good. But it was nothing that I could have prepared for. It was me just being like, why not? Let's do it. Cameraman's filming, you know, and then that makes good TV for me. Well, what is your relationship now with social media, like Instagram and everything else, as Mm -hmm. opposed to, say, five years ago? I mean, how has that changed? And do you still, because how much on it are you as opposed to what, like, I mean, a while ago. I And is it still useful for you? I mean, it's useful, I guess. I think social media is so funny because I always wonder what's going to happen when one day if it just goes away and all these people are relying on it. Let me put it this well, they way. They change the I algorithm all the time. Yeah, and I don't make money off of social media. So I don't ever feel that it is worth my time to be obsessive about it as far as what time I'm posting things all that I I understand that that's important but at the end of the day I don't really care because for me it's just like yes it's free advertising and I have people that are following me and they enjoy that and they like to go along but it's not I mean production is what I do the tv the hosting these you know different videos I mean that's that's my job so yes I do have a bit of a following but I mean, not enough that people are calling me to say, oh, you know, let's collaborate and do this. I mean, okay, from time to time, yes, that that will happen. But again, it's it's nothing that I would say deserves that much time. But I do enjoy. I think it's important to have it. And it's also good for the brand. Uh, <laughs> and, you know, sadly, it's people will say, oh, well, what's your following well, you know, you're gonna have some perk. meetings later today and they're yeah. gonna ask you yeah and i hate the question i do too because you can buy followers exactly. you can it doesn't really yeah and i mean for me it's not showing i mean because oh, actually this is what's funny is i have you know some cousins or some younger people who it's amazing how many followers and likes they get just with their friends because their friends are all obsessed with it, if that makes sense. So it's when at the younger generation, even this is their Facebook, I guess, for what it was for us. I don't know. I, I can't yeah. really compare it to Facebook, but I'm just saying like Instagram, it's like they're going and liking everyone's photos and stuff. So and and like, let's say they have a thousand followers, they're getting 900 likes because those are their you know, it's so it's just yeah. different even for that. I always look at that and I'm like, wow, that's that's even a different generation. That's I mean, I don't yeah. know. It's well, I we're also competing with, you know, I, I tell them I can't compete with, you know, a girl in a bikini who's right. taken you know, with a million Instagram followers right. you know, around the world because, you know, I'm always going to lose to that. Yeah. yeah. You know, so your content. But I will say, in your defense, there'll be a lot of people that I meet and travel writers and bloggers and everything else. I mean, a lot of their goals is still old media like TV. I guess you can quote mm-hmm. old media, but you're already doing it. So they're trying exactly. to. Exactly. They they're want trying to, to get, do that. They're try, yes, they're trying yeah. to do what you're already doing. Yeah. So I just, you know, a lot of, I've used you as an example. It's like the technology's there. You can just go shoot it. Right. Use that. I mean, right. make the show that you want to do. 
Exactly. You know, it's like if you want to be Anthony Bourdain, go do it. Someone to call them and say, "Do you want to be a host of a travel show that goes? Yeah. You go around the world. Good luck." Yeah, they really no. don't ask often, so no, just go do it. No, you have to make it. You have to just do it. That's the only way. Right. Were you a fan of uh, Bourdain's? I was. Isn't yeah. that sad? It's so sad. Did you he? Never go, know with he people. went to Croatia too. He right? did an amazing show on Croatia. I was actually there when he was filming it. And I mean, I recommend everybody going to watch it because that's one thing. I mean, I'd say that one of the biggest secrets of Croatia, and I've always told, you know, the tourism board that they should brand themselves as a food destination. Yeah, I history mean, especially. Is, and the they whole... Don't. They don't? I mean, they do, especially Istria. They'll say like, oh, we're famous for, our, you know, our food. But everything that you do in Croatia, that is those special moments is based on food. You know, I mean, their traditional dish. Yeah, their and traditional dishes uh, in Dalmatia, in Istria, on the islands, in continental Croatia. I mean, everything is so different and it is all so, so Oh, the fish and the prosciutto and the goat uh, cheese, the yeah. cheese. Oh. I mean, I know I just arrived to America and I'm like all about getting in an out burger, but <laughs> I eat like a queen there. I oh, mean, yeah. Everything's so fresh and everything, everything else. I mean, my neighbor brings me vegetables from his garden. I have them sitting outside my door. Do you have the problem with a lot of uh, people who visit America, if they're used to eating overseas, that they really taste like, like the hormones and the meat and the, and the preservatives and the and the mm-hmm. things don't taste as fresh here, right? Like the butcher in my town, um, even the chicken. Like if you go to look at the chicken, it's not these white fillet or like not white, but you know, yeah, they're like more yellow over there. Yeah, yeah, and then uh, it's I organic mean, and yeah, that stuff was butchered that morning or night before. I mean, it's like so fresh. It's insane. And I don't know, especially tomatoes. Like when you taste a tomato in Croatia, you're like, wow, this is what a tomato is supposed to taste like. Yeah. And I sit there and wonder, it's like, what am I eating usually? (laughs) You know, know. it makes you really think. I know. Well, and then, I don't know, some people, but then it's also funny because sometimes I get a little bit defensive even when people in Croatia will say like, oh, you're from America, you know, they really do think that we just eat hamburgers all the time, (laughs) which I always try to explain to them that, I mean, okay, my family comes from the ag world. And so we raised our own lambs and pigs or whatever. So they were not, you know, pushed with all these, you know, supplements. And we do have a freezer also of, I know that's not normal for living in Southern California to have a freezer with a steer and a, you know, and a pig and, you know, whatever. But, uh, I do sometimes like to remind them that you can also find everything here because it's always like, if you're lazy, you you can eat crap. Sure. I mean, we could all eat fast food 24 seven, but yeah. And it's funny because they have McDonald's and KFC there. Not many, but there are a few. And the line is out the door always. <laughs> okay. But that's just like Our from the movies. The world. Yeah, it's yeah. just they're like, they want to try it. But I'm thinking, I mean, Croatia doesn't have places like Starbucks. But I know that if there was one there. Yep. Right. But then they'll always say, they'll always say, oh, we don't want, you know, that here. No one would drink it because we have real European coffee, which obviously we all know their coffee is great but there. But the kids don't know the but difference. But they will all go. And it's just with yeah. media, they all will want to have the photo for Instagram and this and that. And, <laughs> yeah. and they'll go and they'll spend the money for it. And so the line would also be out the door. So it's just kind of funny. I mean, the world's changing, but the 
the younger generation there, I mean, they're watching YouTube all the time of everything in America and, you know, they want that too. So everything, I mean, Croatia is now part of the European Union. So it's not like you're going, I mean, maybe you're going back in time where kids are still being kids and riding bikes and playing outside in these villages. And like, I like that. I mean, people are still... Um, cooking their food every day, um, gathering every Sunday and things are close. I mean, there's, there's a lot of these old traditions that are still held on to, but it's still a very advanced country. I mean, I, I just know I have to have more patience there. I don't have Amazon prime where I can have <sighs> anything at my doorstep in two days. Oh. And to be honest, I like don't buy much there because things are cheaper in the States still, like as far as clothing and electronics and all that. So I buy all that when I'm here. Um, but it functions like a thriving, you know, any other like I don't know I don't feel out of place there I mean things are people are living great lives it's just a little bit slower how is uh, their economy doing because I've been reading about maybe that the young people the young adults are leaving yeah. to find work elsewhere unfortunately is that the salary there is not so high I mean the average salary per month is like 750 euros or maybe okay a thousand dollars around per there per month per month wow so Maybe a th- 750 to 1,000 euros. So when you could go, Ireland has this big thing where with the v- work visas or something, they've made it easy for. So if you were to Dublin right now, I mean, and you go to a bar, it's full of Croatians <laughs> really? that are living there and working there. But the problem is, and I think they'll all figure out, is even though maybe they're making 2,500 euros a month, I- I'm just making this number up. The cost still, of living. The cost of living, the cost of, you know, in Croatia, no one, everyone owns their properties. Um, for the most part, not many people are here are renting them, and then or have a mortgage, and they have yeah, and they have uh, gardens and mama's cooking and you know all this stuff and better weather than Ireland for yeah. sure. Yeah, and, and so food. they go there. I mean, it's just I think then they realize that the quality of life it's not worth it, even if it is another two hundred and fifty euros more a month when you actually add it all up. Then you have your flight back to Croatia, and there you go. So I think I mean in my mind they're leaving, and I say okay let them go. It's not going to be bad for them to have some international experience. I mean, look at me, I'm living in another country right now. So these types of things, I think Immigrant. are good for, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> We're kicking uh, you out. I don't yeah. know. That wall just got 10 feet high. Yeah. And so now I'm like, but they'll always come back. I mean, they will. The ones that even are very successful that I know working around the world, I mean, their ultimate goal is to at least retire back in Croatia. I mean, hopefully they'll come back before that then, but, you know, I mean... Except the ones in... Because I was watching you know, Back to the World Cup. If you yeah. look at the Australian mm-hmm. national team, soccer team, it's like half the names are Croatian. Yeah, so Australia is full of them uh, because World War II, many, many families went to Australia and also South America. So as much as there's 4 million Croatians inside of Croatia, there's 4 million outside. But what happens, and many of these expats that I know, they're not really expats, okay, they were born and raised in Australia, they're all coming back to Croatia now and investing. The, so are. as much as we're losing them, oh, wow. they're all coming back, realizing what a great life it is, and invest. they have money, so they're investing and living and raising their families in 
Croatian. I mean, they have Croatian names, they already speak the language, everything. So there is a lot of that as well. So yeah, we're losing some, but many are coming back. Well, now you're up to Croatia being the, I guess, the number one, uh, tourism being the number one industry there. Uh-huh. Uh, is there talk of like slowing it down? Is it getting too much? I know in Dubrovnik, there's like five ships a day overrunning that place. Yeah, I mean, there's going to have to be some control. There is control in the national parks now. They're only selling a certain number of tickets every day. So that's one step in the right direction. Um, But they will be controlling the cruise ships uh, just because, uh, you know, the city can't handle that many people and and they're not you know if you're on a cruise ship you're not eating at the restaurants you're going back to the ship to eat so for business and actual tourism for the locals it's really not that great so everyone's kind of against that um as far as are they going to slow it down no i mean there's going to still be improvements there's uh right now if you go to dubrovnik you still have to cross through the bosnian border for like a short distance but they're building a bridge which is like a huge investment that now you'll no longer have to do that so it'll oh, take wow. you to this palyashats peninsula you're which just is, gonna go over bosnia <laughs> yeah just cut across yeah just wave to it as yeah. you go down so. yeah which that See will you, really but even like the highways the highways in croatia if you remember i mean they're really great and they are always working on those to make you know, it flow a bit better. Um, I mean, if you think about it, sometimes there's these old roads where when people talk about when they went to the seaside in the summertime, you're thinking, you took this road, it took them like seven hours. <laughs> right. So those highways completely changed everything. But I have asked around like, well, what, it, I mean, there's nothing you can do about August being crazy. It's like Ferragosta sure. or whatever. If you're Italy. by a sea in August in Europe, and you're going to be... it's because of the student, the kid holidays. Yeah. So... When Germans have five weeks holiday, they live like kings in Croatia and they go and they rent an apartment and they stay for five weeks. I mean, in our minds, we think, well, why is that a good idea? But they do that every summer and it's they're, they're not like us where we think, oh, go to a new place. Yeah. They want this same vacation, holiday, whatever. So, I mean, I think that that won't change, but I think that... What will increase and what needs to continue to be pushed is tourism 365 days a year. Because even though, I mean, Advent, which is the Christmas market in Zagreb, four years in a row, best Christmas market in all of Europe was voted. It Over is amazing. Germany and stuff. Amazing. Wow. I mean, it's unbelievable. You can't find an apartment or a hotel room right now in Zagreb during that time. Like more have to be built because it's just so full. So that's great. I mean, that's bringing more tourism. But then there's these other months. But then again, hotels will close for renovation for the big season. So it, I don't know. It's kind of a sticky situation because some of these places that want tourism, they're not trained in how to welcome it, like even if it is apartment rental. So that's, I mean, I do a lot of consulting with tourism boards there too. And there's been some talks even in some places to come in and just like almost do a seminar on this is how you do it. This is how you start. This is how you prepare because, you know, in some of these villages where we would love to go and stay and experience, the locals aren't really sure what to do. Right. So, but I would say if you brand Croatia as a food destination, that would bring tourism year round. People, I think, still go to Italy year round. Right. I mean, and you could take a ferry from Istria to Venice, Venice, right? Two hours. Two hours. That's it. Yeah. And how much does that cost? Uh, I think it's like uh, 60 euros. Oh, okay. That's easy. 
And people just do that all the time, right? Yeah. You can go for the day even. Because it's taking you into the heart of Venice. It's not like, oh, then you have to get on this boat or this boat. You know, it's because even when I drive to Venice, it's like, you know, you have to park in the garage and then take the little boat yeah. into. Well, so. Venice is so convenient for cars. Uh-huh. <laughs> oh, my God. Talk about being overrun. Mm-hmm. Venice is ridiculous. Venice is becoming way too touristy, but. Are you, are you starting to see more tourists from like Asia and stuff like that yes, there? Yes, definitely. Uh, so Croatia has. Uh, some really good flight connections now and a new airport in Zagreb. And the airport is fabulous. I mean, it takes oh, I did see that last to year. a whole new level, I think, because before you would land and you'd be like, oh gosh, where like, am ooh, I? You yeah, know? Like, what is this place? It's like, and yeah, now it's, like, it's so, so beautiful. You had some like Soviet era. Yeah. Uh, and we're actually going to have before. direct flights from Philadelphia to, Z- or to Dubrovnik uh, starting in June. No kidding. So it's been years since uh, there were direct flights. And now, the airports have all met the standards where this can happen again as far as you know space and yeah um so yeah so that's exciting but in zagreb my new favorite connection is zagreb doha there's like two flights a day you can fly to dubai on emirates and these are you know year-round flights so this is really connect i mean doha connects everywhere in the world so whether you're going east or um you know, I went to film, I was in Asia, and I went via Doha, and it's just nice to be have that connection, and it's really convenient from Zagreb. So that's opening up a lot. There's been a lot of Koreans coming to Croatia, believe it or not. Yeah. Hmm. That's kind of a new thing, but definitely more Asians are there. Wow. You used to never see them. None. Right. <laughs> None. So give us, uh, other than the big spots, because we all know Dubrovnik and Split and Korchula and mm-hmm. the main tourist spots. Give us something maybe we like people wouldn't know that you love that you recommend. So my new gym that I discovered, I th- maybe I haven't gone there this summer, but last year I went I think five times. Uh, Eastern Croatia, which they say where Croatia begins, where tourism begins, because if it's going west, you know, they like to say that. <laughs> uh, right on the Danube River, it's on the border with Serbia. There's a town called Ilok. And they have Ilochki Podrumi, which is um, a wine cellar, really great wine, a castle, the food. I mean, it's so it's kind of it kind of looks I wouldn't say it looks like Rovine, but it's sort of this hilltop village and which is completely charming and surrounded with vineyards, has the river, great museums. For me, I like to go there. You can even stay basically in a castle um, and it's three hours from Zagreb, but the other way. So you can either go to the coast or you can go, you know, east and, and go there. And then near there is Vukovar. And that was the town that was completely destroyed during the war. So the history there, it's if, if people really wanted to know about what happened, I mean, that's the place to go. Amazing museums. Um, you see the tower that was bombed and you can go to the hospital and watch this. So I would say the history is really good. And I think it's important for people to see and know about the history. And that's, you know, 30, 20, 30 minutes from Elok. So that's kind of a Eastern Croatia, but shouldn't be missed because the food and the people and they're so proud also there but tourism everyone's going to the coast and then i really love the areas surrounding zagreb so zagorje is a really that's where i was picking the grapes it's just rolling hills of green 
Uh, and I went, you know, you can go hot air ballooning there. And it's really a magical place for me, you know, being in the greenery and surround and castles are all over the place. And people don't think that they just think, oh, Croatia, the sea and the islands. And for me, when I'm there, I'm just as relaxed there in continental Croatia as I would be at the sea. It's beautiful. Well, that's great. Well, uh, you just saw yourself on an airplane. That's a I cool did. thing. I did. I watched it myself. <laughs> <laughs> so if people want I was like, I need to give it more views or something so that they'll want them in the future. <laughs> that's so funny. That's like something out of a movie. People would just be like, okay, I'm going to put myself on the TV yeah, and, and see, see how it. long it takes before someone adds two and two together. Actually, I was really excited. So I, I did tell the guy next to me. I was like... I, I just have to tell you, because I was really excited. <laughs> I was me. like, that's me. That's my show. <laughs> was he impressed? Yeah. He must have been. That must well, be he cool. didn't watch it. <laughs> I thought like, oh, well, maybe he'll... But then maybe that would make me uncomfortable, too. I don't I know. know. I'm what like if... eating a balut in Philippines, you yeah. know? He's oh, like, God. oh, God. Ooh. <laughs> you ate the balut? I did, Ooh, yeah. That's so gross. I know. Oh, God. That was some. That was the wow, or Wonders of Asia? Wonders of Asia, yeah. Oh, man. Okay, so if people want to see your shows... Yes. Where can they go? Give us your websites and plug away. So you can see, um, oh, well, actually, to learn about Croatia, and if you ever want to go to Croatia, ashleycolburnscroatia.com. I have video guides there about all different towns and counties and national parks that you can see. And in three minutes, you can learn everything. I also have the contact information at the end. So those are really helpful. Also, what to pack, key phrases. Um, I just... Uh, so many people are contacting me about wanting to go there, and I thought I'd put everything in one spot. So AshleyColburnsCreation.com and then AshleyColburnProductions.com. Uh, you can see a lot of teasers for the shows. If they're premiering somewhere, I'll write that. And then I would say to see my day-to-day life and travels, Instagram at Ashley underscore Colburn. Okay, and we'll have links to all these uh, sites and TravelTalesPodcast.com and uh Finally, how do you, in your last five years since you've since we last chatted on here, yeah. we've talked before that, but I mean, yeah. how how has Croatia changed? How have you changed as a person? And now that you're living abroad and everything, how where do you see the future headed in Croatia and for you? So I would say five years ago, I would never have said I was ever going to live in Croatia. <laughs> I mean, I I think, and that was more of just. Um, having my family here, I just really thought, oh, I mean, it's fun to visit in the summertime, but my life will be here. But when I found the quality of life and saw the prices and then came home, to be honest, I mean, my life has always kind of been on the road and I felt I even had more friends and, you know, there because I was there more and really interacting and engaging and working and, um, I just liked that feeling. So when I came home, it was like, I mean, I didn't go to school in California either. So then I have the college friends in Colorado. And so anyways, I just felt like, you know what, I'm happiest, really, like if you were to say like there, because I'm enjoying really enjoying all the experiences. Um, And then I would say Croatia has changed in uh, well, it's funny, I watched the old videos I filmed and you just see the fashion and like fewer people on the streets and you're like, wow, I mean, it really has changed a lot. But um, it's I like that it's being talked about more here. And I think I really went there at the perfect time. <laughs> I'm like, what country do I need to discover next before everybody else? But it really has helped me also. I mean, imagine I'm not Croatian at all. And I'm 
welcomed there, live there, like feel like I have a life there, speak the language. Um, as far as the future, I'll, well, I'll be spending my first, like, I guess, winter in Korea. I mean, I've been there during the winter before, but really being there, based there, I'm starting to film um, a new series. And with that new series, it has nothing to do with Croatia, but um, my crew is Croatian, so we'll be traveling around. And with that, I have a five-year plan, and with that will come a book and speaking engagements and all of that. So I would say the next five years I'm kind of set on if all goes well with this new project uh, and we'll continue to promote Croatia as, as I will be there and have the connections and enjoy promoting it. But again, I mean, I'm not always going to be filming about Croatia and <laughs> I always think like, Oh, my work there is done, but something new always comes up. And now, now that I am speaking the language, I think that that's opening up for more opportunities as well. So we'll see. That's great. Yeah. What a cool five years you had. Yeah, we're all ten years you've had. I can't believe it flies by, doesn't it? Exactly. So I have to come visit. Yeah, anytime. Do you have? Oh, did you get a uh, dryer? No. Oh, you went full on (laughs) Croatia. You're hanging your laundry. Hanging, and then the wind blows, and then it falls over, (laughs) and then it just gets dirty again. I mean, it's a struggle. (laughs) It's a struggle. Let me tell you. That's the first thing you get to use when when you get to your house. Yeah, and then the laundry. It literally takes like three hours to wash something. I'm like, I mean, I don't know if it's just my machine, but I'm like, this is not normal. You can, 45 minutes, you're done in the States and it's actually clean. And there I'm like, why is it still spinning? It's three hours. Like, I mean, ugh, I don't have time for that. I always remember that story you told us, like your friend moved there and she told her husband, we are getting a dryer. Oh, and, and I, when I bring my laundry to her house, <laughs> I do. And I do it because crunchy towels, worst thing ever. Really? You need the dryer. That's so funny. <laughs> All right. Well, thanks for doing this. I know you got a lot of uh, big time business meeting right now. So oh, yeah. We got to well, get my you My pleasure. But thank you for doing this. It's great to see you, as always. Yeah. Thank you. Ashley Colbert, everyone. I'm going to 